Boyce Watkins. I want to say hello to everybody, and I want to uh, and welcome you to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. I want to talk about this guy named Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate is this uh, this guy. He's he looks like I think he's a brother, and he uh, was just banned, basically banned from the internet, banned from YouTube, banned from Facebook, banned from Instagram. And uh, Andrew Tate is fascinating, very fascinating. And people ask me what I thought about Andrew Tate being banned, and I literally made a whole page full of notes that I want to share in terms of breaking it down for you. So get comfortable, buck up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on DrBoyceTV.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I want to say hi to everybody. I see H. Hall and Earth, Earth Haven and Joy, Jay Ford and Shirley Young and uh, uh, Carleen Ali and uh, everybody on Instagram. What's going on? My Instagram is the real Boyce Watkins. Give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me okay. Let me know you can hear me okay, because sometimes with the audio, um, I have some issues, and I want to make sure... I'm coming through all right. So give me a quick yes in the chat that I'm coming through all right. And shout out the city that you're from. Let me know what city you're from. Uh, H. Hall's from Washington, D.C. Uh, we got Miami in the building. Hey, Sabrina and John, they put the B1s up. B1 means black first. Black first means we put our community at the top of our priority list. Uh, also, I see uh, Barbara and Shirley and Tara and LaToya and Jonathan. And I want to say hello to everybody. Terry Cobb, my man out of Atlanta. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, my, we, my wife and I got a house down in Atlanta, so... Atlanta's like a second home for us. We also have an office in the Black House, uh, which is Jay Morrison's Legacy Center. And I want to mention that because I think that we should support good projects in our community that are Black-owned and, uh, and successful. And there's a lot of other things I'll tell you guys about, like uh, King Randall School. King Randall's down in uh, Georgia. <clears throat> I want to say it's either Albany or Macon. I think it's Albany, Georgia. And uh, King Randall is extraordinary. And he's a young brother, 23 years old, educating black boys and really just getting it done. So I hope you'll go look up King Randall, what he's doing with that school. So anyway, with that being said, I'm going to ask everybody a question. Give me a yes or no in the chat. How many of you have heard of Andrew Tate? Give me a yes in the chat if you have heard of this guy, Andrew Tate. And um, <clears throat> and uh, and I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing him up. Uh, Andrew Tate is this uh, guy. He was a, a former kickboxing champion, apparently. And I think he was born on the south side of Chicago. Uh, he eventually moved to London, and uh, he has some real interesting opinions about a lot of stuff. Um, I watched a lot of his content. That's Andrew right there. Uh, and uh, this is another picture you know, of him on a boat or something. I don't know what he's doing. And Andrew Tate is this guy who <clears throat> was he was just booted off the Internet, basically. I mean, literally, they kicked him off Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, Facebook. I knew about him because my kids told me about him. My, my son is 19. And uh, but he's well, I'm the bonus dad. So if you saw him, you, you wouldn't you know he's not my biological son. He's six foot seven. But uh, but that's that's my my man. And uh, I, I and I, I love being a mentor to him. And uh, he was asking me what I think about Andrew Tate. And I said I don't know who this guy is. So he introduced me uh, to what he had to say. Now my first impression of Tate 
was uh, I know guys like that. I've seen guys like that before. Um, you know, I I I was never a bully growing up, but my father my father was a little bit of a thug, a little bit you know, a little bit gangster. You know, my father's actually killed people, and so I know I know what bullies look like. Like I know when guys uh, are really like blustery and everything else, and I know how to look right through that. I just don't take it seriously because I think that in order to really be truly a man, I don't think you have to uh, behave in that kind of way. I think that if you're just a man, just be a man. That's what you are. You don't have to sort of walk around thumping your chest all the time. And so when I saw <clears throat> Andrew Tate, my first impression was that this guy was um, kind of full of himself, you know, uh, kind of, um, and I can see why he became popular because people who don't have a lot of confidence, they tend to gravitate toward people who seem to be extremely arrogant because we follow people who seem to kind of know the way, right? We follow people like whether you follow a pastor in the church who's telling you what you need to do to get to heaven. This, that, that motherfucker, he ain't never been in heaven. He ain't never died. But because he says it with such confidence, you believe that he must know the truth because he because you're being honest. You're being honest to say, well, I don't really know what happens when I die. The pastor's like, I can tell you what's going to happen. And uh, the Jesus is going to come get you. And the Lord is going to come save you. And you got to confess your sins because if you don't confess your sins today, then you're going to burn in hell. Right? And you're like... Oh, okay, okay, I'm gonna follow him because he sounds like he knows where he's going. Now this is this is uh this is um you know this is Uncle Boyce talking, and I can just tell you that's what kind of happens with life. Like people tend to follow people who are the loudest, the boldest, who appear to be the most confident, who are more in your face. And 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 I get that, right? <clears throat> and then uh <clears throat> and it's it's life. I mean, people are trying to figure their way out. So because they don't know, most people don't know who the hell they are, where they're going. Uh, they just follow what appears to, you know, the people that appear to know the answers, right? So so this is one of the reasons why I think it's important for you to be intelligent Black people, because if you're really intelligent and you really have critical thinking skill and you have confidence in your critical thinking skill, you're not going to follow any blowhard who comes in your face talking a bunch of shit. You're just not. You're not going to, you're going to sit there and say, eh, yeah, I kind of hear it, but it don't make, that don't, that don't add up to me. I'm not doing that. I'm not a sheep. Right. And, uh, and so, so, so Andrew Tate, I can understand why a lot of young guys would follow him because of the society that we live in. And, and he's and, and I'm going to tell you, I took a whole page of notes. I went through his content and because I really wanted to understand it, you know, because you guys know I'm a professor. That's my background. So I want to understand things. I don't I don't memorize things. I don't necessarily automatically agree with things. I just like to understand things. So I said, I really want to understand this guy. Because he's fascinating, he's really interesting, and uh, and so so here's some things that, that that came to mind. So Andrew's background. Uh, first of all, let me just say why why I'm even jumping into this at all. Uh, first of all, I I don't agree. To give you the short answer to to a lot of this, I do not agree with the decision to ban him from the internet. I think that was wrong. Uh, I think it's unethical. I think it is a reflection of the world we live in. Uh, I think that any extreme liberal who believes in censoring people who disagree with you, um, you have become the oppressor. You have become the one who's intolerant. You're, you're literally intolerant of people who don't tolerate what you claim to tolerate, but you don't tolerate it, so you're intolerant too. It's crazy to me. The extreme liberals are as bad as the most ignorant Trump supporters, because you know you got some ignorant, ignorant ones out there. And I just, if I, I, I mentioned, I said it on Twitter, my Twitter's Dr. Boyce Watkins one, and I said, I wish I could take all the extremists and just put them on a, a Elon Musk rocket ship and ship them to Mars because they're messing up society. I believe most people are not extreme on the left and most people are not extreme on the right. 
Most people are not extreme Democrats. They're, most people are not extreme Republicans. And I believe the extremists because they yell the loudest and 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 make a, make asses of themselves and, and, and get the most offended by every little thing. It ends up distorting reality, you know. And, and so when I see Andrew Tate, he's an extreme guy. You know, he, he said some things that I, I don't agree with everything he said. Some of the stuff he said, I'm like, oh, I, I get it. It's going to get you views on YouTube. A lot of young guys are going to follow you who don't know who they are, but 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 there's no limit to being as blustery as you can be, so you can get more views on the internet, right? You know, maybe maybe critical thinking skill isn't that important for people. Uh, I have no idea, but I I know that when I would hear some of the things he would say, I would say, "Come on, man! Like like what you just said is it was inappropriate. It was not even necessary. It, the, the, you took you just you ripped all the nuance out of it." And you sound like an ass right now. So, you know, so, so some of the stuff he said, <clears throat> I didn't like at all. But the problem is that he's an extremist that's being dealt with by other extremists. So then you have the people on the other side, <clears throat> excuse me, who want to ban anybody who doesn't go along with their agenda, whether it's the LGBTQ agenda or the feminist agenda or the Democratic Party or Republic, whatever. You know, people have these agendas and, and I don't like it. I don't like it. And again, that's where my bias comes into play, because I, as a scholar, I believed in this thing that I thought a lot of us believed in, which is called freedom of speech. I believe that if you disagree with somebody, you would just debate them or you would give another point of view, you know, uh, and, 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 and but 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 now we don't live in that world anymore. We live in a world where people who claim to be victims will go and victimize other people by trying to destroy them because they disagree with them. Like I, I'll give you an example on a lot of college campuses. I would see where conservatives who haven't hurt anybody, don't have a criminal record, would come to campus to try to speak. And the liberal extremists <clears throat> would do everything they could to get them uninvited and banned from the campus. You know, literally attack these people who never attacked you. They never attacked you. All they did was they all they did was disagree with you. And I don't understand. Maybe, maybe I'm just thinking about it more than most people are, but I'm sitting there thinking, how dare you? Think that you can just annihilate anybody who disagrees with you and attack the shit out of them and then get mad and then claim to be the victim when they attack you back. When they come after you and start attacking you the way you were attacking them, it's like, oh, you can't attack me. I'm, I'm in a protected group. Well, you're not acting like it. You're not acting like you're in a protected class right now because you are beating up on everybody who doesn't go along with your opinion. And I think that's just wrong. Now, give me a yes in the chat if you can even understand what I'm saying. I'm not asking you to agree, right? That would be hypocritical for me to demand that you agree with what I'm saying. Just give me a yes if we can at least share points of view and disagree with each other and not think it's the end of the world. Give me Just give me a yes in the chat to let us know we're on the same page. All right, so let's talk about Andrew Tate a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> and by the way, my website's boycewalkins.com. You guys know uh, at the All Black National Convention, we believe in freedom of speech. Uh, we don't take corporate money because we like to bring in all types of black folks that have solutions, whether you're conservative or liberal or whatever. It's going to be October 28th through the 30th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Just go to boycewalkins.com and you can find uh, information on the hotels and vendors and all that. Or you can just go right to allblacknationalconvention.com. So, so let me let me dig into this Andrew Tate thing. And I wanted to have this conversation separately because uh, my, I know my wife is a woman and I'm a man. And we, we're going to see some of these things differently because she's 100% woman and I'm 100% man. So, uh, so this maybe is an example of how even in a marriage, you may not see everything eye to eye, but you have to make room for everybody to have a perspective. Okay. So when I saw Andrew Tate, what I saw... Uh, on the uh, 
on the, on the more favorable side was I saw some things he said that I thought were really good for young men to hear in terms of motivation. Now, pay attention now. Here's the thing. As much as you can criticize Andrew Tate for being this blustery blowhard of a guy that I think that I honestly think that he is, um, you also have to – I also really like the fact that he was a – he's kind of like a really good motivator for, for men in a certain way, right? You can learn something from a man who was a world champion at fucking anything. I don't care if you're the world champion at tiddlywinks. World champions don't think like regular people. Let's just be clear. World champions don't go through regular stuff. World champions are typically very extreme at what they do. Anybody who's the best in the world at anything is going to have to be extreme because it, it takes extreme. You have to be extreme to be in the top 1%. But even when you're in the top 1% of something, like golf, to be in the top 1% of golf, you beat out 99% of the population, but there's still hundreds of you in that group, right? So, so you're not special you know, when you're in the top 1% because there's, a, there's hundreds of you. But when you are number one, right, number one on top of the 1%, you can't be a normal person and achieve that that level of success nine times out of ten. You can't be a regular guy and be the fastest human being on, on earth. You you can't be a regular uh, woman and be like Sydney McLaughlin who just broke the world record in the 400 meter hurdles. You can't be a regular person and be a Michael Jordan. You have to spend three times more time on the basketball court than even the best NBA players in the country, right? You can't be a regular person and be a Serena Williams. Do you understand what I'm saying? So anytime anybody is the best in the world or something, I would encourage you, if rather than being upset or being offended by the fact that they're different and extreme and, and, and you don't understand them, I would just kind of accept the fact that if you're trying to learn how to be great at something, I'm talking about the absolute best ever, you got to be a little bit of a weirdo. Why is that? Well, because... If you do what everybody else is doing, then you're going to be like everybody else. See, th this is why I, I'm not a fan of fitting in. I, seriously, anybody in here, in, how many of you in here have a desire at some point to be really great at something? How many of you already are great at something or you want to be great at something? You, well, I don't care what it is. I don't care if you want to have you know more kids than anybody else or if you want to uh, you know run a marathon. How many of you want to be or you want to get a, a, a double doctorate in, in microbiology and, and heart surgery right? or whatever, right? How, how many of you really want to be great at something or have felt that way at some point? Give me a yes in the chat or you want your children to be great at something like extraordinarily good like 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 to the point where they'd be on a magazine cover give me a yes in the chat okay so so all these great people in here i need you to understand this right now greatness can be a lonely place because you literally have to get to the point where you create your own reality about a lot of things to be great at anything you got to have a standard that regular people are not going to fucking under get under under get i said under get understand you got you literally have to be looking at the top of a mountain that nobody else can see you really have to be a little bit weird. And I say this, well, where, where's my area of greatness? Well, I don't know. Um, I was the only black person on the planet, the only African-American on earth to get a PhD in finance when I graduated in the year 2002. There was no black woman anywhere that I knew of, no black man that I knew of anywhere. Still haven't heard from anybody that graduated that year. And in order for me to break down those barriers where all my other friends had failed, I had to be extreme. I had to really do things and, and go harder and be different from everybody else. Right? And, and so so what I would say is with Andrew Tate, if you want to grab something positive from his existence, I think, you know, I, I think that there's something to be gained from him, you know, sort of giving his perspective on things, right? Like, for example, he talks about depression in a way that my wife would probably would drive my wife crazy. But my wife is a mental health professional. She's a therapist. But Andrew Tate basically says 
Uh, he, he in his world, which I don't agree with, but I don't, I'm going to nuance this a little bit. He says depression is only in your mind, and if you believe it's going to conquer you, then it's going to conquer you. If you're a man and you claim that depression is going to slow you down, then of course it will because you believe it. it it's, it's all in your head. You can fight through that. Blah 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 blah. Okay, um, there's some truth to that in some situations, right? Uh, that desire of a man to get up off your ass, stop making excuses, stop being a bitch, and go fight for what you want. I believe in that very deeply. I believe that that message is a good, I approve that message. You know, seriously, like stop it. Stop, just stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop feeling like the world owes you something. Stop feeling like you're a loser. Ain't nobody going to care about you. Seriously, no, ain't nobody going to sit and cry with you. But there are, there's also another point of view. There's another point of view that says that there are some people that have chemical imbalances in their brain that make it extremely difficult for them to just, just get over it or just act like it didn't happen, right? And, and what makes it difficult to understand is that we don't know the difference. Like, I don't know if I talk to you and you're telling me you're feeling low, I, I don't know if it's because you're choosing to be low or if you really have something going on psychologically that's making it almost impossible for you to get out of that state. Um, I had a friend who <clears throat> I met at, a, at a, an event I did in Detroit. He was a former cop and uh, he told me his brother had committed suicide the year before. And uh, I said, what was your brother's name? He told me his brother's name. And uh, he said that he talked to his brother and gave him the whole pep talk because his brother was down and he was having a tough time. And he thought his brother was going to like he'd overcome it. He said, you know, I realized in hindsight that he was just saying, OK, but he really had bought into any of the solutions I presented. I had solved his problems for him and he just really wasn't OK, but he was saying he was OK. Right? And, and next thing you know, his brother killed himself. And <clears throat> and I think that. We, you know, so 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 this is where I'd have to get off the bus in terms of what Andrew Tate is, is saying and doing. What he's saying is that obviously because he's a he's a he's a, kick, a world champion kickboxer, whatever the hell he was, that's a high testosterone sport. That's a situation. This is where I encourage men to understand the importance of balance. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a mindset. He, he probably took steroids and all kinds of shit. Don't I mean? Let's just be honest. Like in a lot of these extreme sports, when you talk about world champions. They're, they're taking performance-enhancing drugs. And uh, and I know people that are in that space that maybe they met dabble with cocaine. Anything that'll make you hyped and crazy and ready to fight and kill somebody, um, you know, all that's kind of there, right? So I don't know about him in particular, but what I'm saying is that that sort of ideology says that my masculinity and my testosterone can overcome anything. My testosterone can solve any problem. I can brute force my way to any solution, to anything that that I run into <clears throat> because I'm a soldier and I don't give up and I fight, 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 and I get all of that. that that's fine. It makes sense in certain contexts. But what it's missing is this important word called balance. Balance. Now, give me a yes or no. How many of you in this room, very simple question. Everybody answer it, please. How many of you in this room believe that men can learn something from women? How many of you in this room believe that a woman's perspective, as frustrating as it might be for a high testosterone man who wants to punch a hole in the wall every time he gets pissed off, that a woman's perspective can bring necessary balance to a situation that you can't solve by just beating everybody up? You know, it's um, <clears throat> there was a scene in Hustle and Flow, that Terrence Tower movie that's really good. And there was a part where the two men got into it. They started arguing back and forth. Like, hey, man, I'll kick your ass. No, I'm going to fuck you up. Da, 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 right? And then and then there's a, and then all of a sudden in the middle, Taraji P. Henson's character walks in. And she's like, 
And she just ignores the fight and just says, well, I found this lava lamp and I thought that it would go real nice in the room. So I'm going to put it right here. And, uh, and I made you some chicken in the other room and blah, blah, blah. Right. <clears throat> and, and, and he walks out and, and literally she defused the whole situation by bringing this beautiful woman's touch, like this natural, uh, almost goddess-like ability that women have to, to really help soothe the savage beast that lives within men. You know, there, there are things, there are superpowers that women have that I think as, as humans, I don't think we acknowledge them enough. I don't think we observe them enough. But that balance allows you um, to just kind of not just be a one-trick pony. You know, and, and what I mean by one-trick pony is <clears throat> if you're a guy who just thinks that the answer to everything is, you know, beating everybody up and drinking yourself into a coma and not talking about your problems and fighting everybody who disagrees with you, then you're not a, you're not a balanced man. You're going to die young. You're going to you're going to have a bloody death because you're a 100 percent soldier and, and nothing else. And there are a lot of soldiers. Uh, my, again, my wife sees all kinds of clients and everything. And there are a lot of young, sol young former soldiers. And shout out to every soldier that's in the room. I, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for your service. But there are a lot of soldiers who kill themselves, you know, at an early age <clears throat> because because they get into a world that requires you to have a Swiss army knife of coping mechanisms for different situations that doesn't just involve picking up a gun and shooting somebody or punching somebody in the face, you know, or, or, or doesn't uh, allow you to uh, simply function a, a, as a normal person in society in your consistently traumatized state. And, 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 and so here's, here's the thing. Let me talk about Andrew Tate a little more. Um, I, I, I took time. I got a, a, a brother I know by the name of T. T. Um, I don't have T's last name. T. Kalik. T. Kalik sent me a video. Where he, where Andrew Tate spent an hour explaining his whole situation and and giving his background, and I listened to maybe about twenty five minutes of it. I couldn't listen to the whole hour and fifteen minutes, but uh, I said, you know, let me click on this. Let me just see what this brother has to say. And he told his story about growing up in the South Side of Chicago. First thing he said that I agreed with and I understood that was very deep was he said that um, I have been traumatized and I've gone through a lot of difficult experiences, and I believe that these are necessary for a man to be tough. He said, I have an iron mind. Again, he starts going into that whole arrogance thing. I have an, I have an iron mind because of what I went through. And, uh, and, and I agreed with a big chunk of that uh, in that I believe that what we think of as trauma or abuse or just an unnecessarily bad experience, uh, I think that there is growth in many types of, of, of painful experiences. I, I think about football, for example. Uh, if you play football, you go through a lot of pain. Uh, it, you know, you go through two-a-day practices in 100-degree heat. You got to take hits from big old overgrown men. You have to go out and possibly break bones. You have to overcome a lot of fear. And uh, and that, that's necessary for you to become a great athlete. And so uh, I think that in general, for men in particular, most men who are tough, and really women too, most people who are tough are people who have gone through difficult experiences that might be defined as traumatic. Uh, I think about Tiger Woods and his uh, father. Tiger Woods goes on and becomes the greatest golfer in the history of all mankind. No golfer on earth, living or dead, has played golf as well as Tiger Woods did, particularly in the year 2001, 2002, and, and even beyond that. You don't get to be that great without going through a lot of shit. Well, if you rewind, hit the rewind button on Tiger's life, when Tiger was three years old, his father, who was a Marine, I don't know, Navy SEAL or something. I know Tiger trained with the Navy SEALs. His father would make him do things that most five, six-year-olds didn't have to do. He would put him through things that most children didn't have to go through. 
And so, uh, so, so someone might look at that and say, God, that, that's so mean, that's so abusive. Yeah, it probably was. But also a lot of us can see that, yeah, but with when you have pain, there's usually a gain. There's some pain that's a straight loss and some pain that's a little bit of an investment. So without Tiger's father being so hard on him, he would never have become the greatest golfer in the history of all mankind. Without his father giving him that mental toughness by putting him through a whole lot of shit, he never would have had the mental toughness to deal with all the obstacles that he was going to face, trying to take on some of the greatest golfers in the history of the world in a very racist sport where people consistently try to get inside your head. And, and, and so to me, balance means understanding the yin and the yang of all of that. To have a, and, and I understand this because I talk about this all the time on this channel. You may not know it, but what do we talk? We talk about wealth. We talk about investing all the time. Well, what is what is investing? Well, all investing is is sacrificing something today so you can have more tomorrow. It means that nothing ventured, nothing gained. It means if you don't pay the price, if you don't pay the cost, then you can't be the boss. The big person who's the boss is the one who paid the biggest cost, and, and in many cases. They paid a cost that nobody else is willing to pay. That's how they got to be the biggest boss. But there's always a dark side to that. What is the dark side? Well, look at Tiger Woods' personal life. Tiger Woods was out here raw dogging porn stars, like literally having unprotected sex. A married man having unprotected sex with a long list of porn stars. That tells me that Tiger, uh, in, in all his greatness, in all his triumphs, in all his success, somewhere he lost the balance that he needed in order to make sure that he wasn't consumed by this hunger he had to be the best golfer in the world. Something ain't quite right, right? So, so ultimately what I'm saying is that all this stuff, if you miss the balance piece, you forget about the dark side. There's a dark side to everything. There's a dark side to everything. There's a price to be paid for any great triumph you have. Nobody gets it through luck. You have to make a plan. Now do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe. I want to warn everybody that uh, that there are fake voice walkings impersonators that come into the chat sometimes and build fake pages and pretend to be me so they can steal money from you. So uh, if you see any of these fake pages, like if you go to my Instagram, look for that blue check mark. Uh, if, if if you get an inbox message from me, it wasn't me. It isn't me. Uh, there, in fact, there's a guy in the chat right now that's using a fake voice walkings page that's telling everybody to inbox him. So I'd like for you, if you could, please report that page if you see that person. Uh, because we need to uh, sort of, I, I want to make sure you guys are protected. I want to see anything bad happen to you. Also, for those of you that are coming to the All Black National Convention, October 28th through the 30th in Charlotte, if you want to get a discounted hotel, uh, it's going to be at the downtown Sheraton. Do not pay the full price for the hotel. Do not pay the full price. Tell them you're with our group. Or, or you can go to abnchotel.com to get your discount. Uh, there's a URL on the screen. Or you can go to ABNC Vendors. If you want to be a vendor and you have a Black-owned business and you want to make some money, uh, then go to abncvendors.com. We have a few vendor spots left. Okay. So so let me let me, let me, let me keep going down with this uh, list on Andrew Tate. Now, D Dave G, you made a donation, so i got to put you up here on the screen. So Dave G says, I've actually heard Andrew Tate champion women quite a bit. He, he might have, he might have, but I, at the same time, uh, Dave, I'm going to say that when I heard Andrew speak and I watched some of his content, I didn't watch it all, but I watched some of it. I felt like, yeah, if you sprinkle a few comment compliments in there with some pretty hurtful remarks, I don't know if the good stuff outweighs the bad, you know, like if I give you a big, a big jug of the sweetest Kool-Aid that you've ever had in your life but I, I put 10 drops of pee in the Kool-Aid. I, I pee, pee just a little bit in the Kool-Aid, but I give you 50 gallons of good Kool-Aid, but there's like a drop of pee. Are you going to drink that Kool-Aid? Give me a yes or no. 
How many of y'all gonna drink that Kool-Aid if I if I if I just tell you, but it's not a whole lot of pee. You won't even taste it. You won't even notice the pee is in the Kool-Aid. How many of y'all would drink Kool-Aid with a couple drops of pee in it? Give me a yes or no. Right. And and this is the problem. I think that with Andrew Tate, um, I heard some of the stuff that he said, and uh, you know, and and, I, and some of the stuff I can't I can't excuse that stuff. I think I think something you know, just different things about women and 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 controlling women and telling you know telling them what to do and, and all this it, it it's again it's blustery it's very hyper it's what i call hyper masculinity it's like this whole like like i'm a man so i gotta constantly go around proving i'm a man because deep down maybe i don't know that i'm actually a man and i and i think that that's a problem because i think you get that from media you get that from media when you don't watch too many superhero movies or whatever. So you think that manhood means always thumping your chest and always pretending like you're better than everyone else and that you're constantly the alpha in everything that you do. And uh, and that's not masculinity where I come from. Masculinity is also very protective of the people that you care about. Masculinity can be cooperative uh, because you, you've actually grown beyond your own insecurities that make you feel that everybody's a competitor. So you learn how to col collaborate and cooperate with other people where there's mutual benefit amongst all parties. Uh, so, so ultimately, I think the problem with, uh, with the Andrew Tate approach to things is that it's a little bit too extreme in the sense that it's not really teaching men how to, be how to truly be men. Uh, you can't really be a true man that's respected in the community if you just want to piss on every woman that walks by and feels like you're, it's your job to just be as disrespectful and dominant over women and everyone else as you could possibly be. You're not a porn star. You're not trying to be a rap star. You're trying to be a human being. And, and a human being, to me, is a person that understands like, yeah, there's times where I need to be ready as a man to go to war. There are times where I must tap into my testosterone to make things happen and get things done or to be naturally aggressive in situations where aggression is called for or, or naturally ambitious. All these things apply in, in, in particular spaces, particularly in the world of men. But then there's other sides where if I'm sitting there with my daughters, I can't be sitting there constantly uh, acting like an ass and uh, doing all this fake alpha male talk. Like, oh, like that that's silly. No, my daughter doesn't need that from me. My daughter needs me to, um, you know, play dolls with her or, or go to her dance recital and and humbly support her as as a loving father. My, my, my job is not to always. So so the thing is that Andrew Tate is a guy who has that kickboxer mentality in the ring. But he, it seems that he takes it outside the ring. He's, he's a kickboxer all the time. And that's not impressive to me because that's uh, to me that that shows a lack of um a lack of versatility in who you are. And so um, so with him, I saw, uh, I did see that lack of balance. And again, going back to the, the ban on Facebook and YouTube, I think that was uncalled for. I don't think he should have been banned. I don't think that a person should be banned for having an unpopular opinion. Uh, I didn't see that he did or said anything that would, would be uh, harmful or illegal to other people. Also, in fact, I've seen people do far more harmful things, say worse things. I, I, I know when black folks weren't uh, really voting for Joe Biden the way they were supposed to, there were people, Simone Sanders and others, who worked for the Biden administration who were saying terrible things about black men. That, you know, that I that if you're going to ban people, why not ban her too? Well, you don't ban her because, well, she's a woman and women can just say whatever they want. No, that ain't right. That That's wrong. You know, you're banning people that you don't agree with. And it's absolutely wrong. So <clears throat> so believing that anybody should be the arbiters of truth and uh, truth and decency, that's just wrong to say we're going to ban you because you're a bad person. That's just wrong. Or because you're you're just you're, you're disrespectful of, of, of people and women and all that. You can challenge that. But I don't think you should kill his voice. He still has a right to freedom of speech. Um, I think uh, that he is also a guy who uh, deliberately offends people. 
Uh, I think he's deliberately arrogant because people like arrogance for, for whatever reason. Uh, and so uh, ultimately, um, he, he's also very competitive. Uh, and again, being competitive is necessary in certain contexts, but being competitive with everybody all the time is, is kind of ridiculous. Uh, he's, he's definitely, I would definitely say sexist, but also there's a part of him that can be a good motivational speaker, particularly for young men when you're talking about the need to be aggressive. One of the reasons that people might listen to an Andrew Tate, in my opinion, is that because Andrew Tate was made by the people that hate him the most. People are, because when Andrew goes away, there's going to be another Andrew Tate that rises out of the ashes. I guarantee it. Uh, when, when people attack Kevin Samuels constantly, even though I didn't agree with a lot of the things Kevin said, and it was very awkward for me because Kevin defended me when Kevin did have talk about me on his show. I never saw the episode. I still haven't seen it, but I, but I saw two minutes of it, and I saw that Kevin Samuels actually was supportive of me because I was being attacked by women who were trying to create a false narrative that I hate women. And, and, it, and I didn't even pay attention to it because I support so many black women. It's ridiculous. I literally put over a million dollars into the pockets of black women. So you can't tell me I don't support black women. I got my black wife and, and, I, and I support black women, but I don't support everybody. So when you act in a damn fool and you are an asshole, I'm not going to support you. I don't care if you're male or female. That's who I am. That's what I am. So Kevin Samuels did support me in that situation. And I appreciated that. But at the same time, I said, while I can understand why you're popular, you're, you're popular because nobody listens to men. People don't understand this. The reason that these Kevin Samuels types or, or Andrew Tate's rise up is because nobody listens to men anymore. Everybody's constantly telling men that you're hyper, that, 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 that you're uh, you're toxic and you're bad, especially straight men. Now, the now gay men, that's a different story. But but they're they're constantly telling men what's wrong with them. And when men sort of fight back and say, well, well, here's some issues that we have with you, then suddenly it's like, oh, you're sexist, oh, you're homophobe, oh, you're this and oh, you're that. But what are you when you're constantly criticizing men? And uh, and and in fact, the, the worst relationship advice I see on the internet, it's almost hilarious is that you have, if you want to be a famous relationship guru, all you got to do is gather a bunch of women and talk shit about men and tell women that the reason that you're single is because men aren't strong enough to handle you and, and that men don't want to grow up and men don't want to do this and men don't want to do that and they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to be accountable. That's how you get a bunch of women to follow you, especially if you're a handsome man. You just put pictures of yourself wearing a wife beater on your Instagram page and tell women that the reason you're single is because men aren't ready to step up to the plate. Well, guess what? Those are pimps. Those guys ain't nothing but pimps because they're pimping women for their money so that they, by telling them what they want to hear. And then at the same time, the other the way to get men to support you if you are a so-called relationship guru is either if you are a beautiful woman or maybe or or, or a guy who simply tells men that the reason you don't get what you want is because there's something wrong with women. These modern, and, and that was my issue with the whole Kevin Samuels thing was I, there was, again, the balance was lost. The balance was lost. You don't get rewarded on the internet by being a balanced person. You don't. You get rewarded on the internet by being an extremist. And, uh, and the problem that I had no problem with a lot of Kevin Samuels content up until he became really big. He became really big because he told a lady that she was going to die alone if, because she didn't listen to him. You're yeah, fuck it. You're going to die alone. Why you got to say that? Why, why she might, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true, but why, why do you need to be the one to say that? And what gives you the authority to even say that about another person? Like, do you understand what black women have gone through? Like, do you understand what, what it's like when you're living in a world where the men that you depended on the most abandon you? 76% of all black women don't even have their father in the house growing up. And, and, and to me, when you're criticizing black women and you're not putting all that into context, <clears throat> 
that just bothers me. I think that's wrong. And and, and, and I know people might say, you know, I, I think I, I've probably been called a simp more times than I can imagine, but I don't give a shit. You know, to me, the simps are the men who will beat up on the women who gave life to your raggedy ass. Without black women, you would not exist, Negro. Who the hell made you think that you can run around here talking about women? If you talk about black women, you better be careful. Watch your words or keep their name out your mouth. Either, either say it carefully and with respect or keep their name out your mouth. Because when you, when you, when you hate your women, you hate yourself, you hate your community. You're not you're not helping the conversation at all. So <clears throat> so in my view, when you are talking about black relationship problems by putting all the weight on the other gender, you're, you're denying complete accountability for yourself. The next question I ask you every time you tell me what's wrong with black women, I'm going to say, well, what's wrong with you? What did you do wrong? What are you not doing right? Where are you not stepping up to the plate? Or every time you tell me that men ain't doing this and men ain't that and nigga ain't shit, whatever. Okay, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, what are you doing? What what makes you a great catch? What makes you you you're, you're looking for a high value man? What makes you a high value woman? And I think that's an okay question to ask. And so ultimately, uh, when you talk about the simps that talk like that, um, you know, I I I, I just I have no ability to um, help these guys. I can I can only say that that's the world in which you live, and and people like that on both extremes. If you look at their lives, you'll find that they're just very unhappy people. And uh, and 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 really. What was really interesting, I mean, since we're talking about Andrew Andrew Tate, he's in that Kevin Samuels camp to some extent. You know, I I really hated the fact that I hated the irony of of that that that, that Kevin spent so much time authoritatively telling women they were going to die alone, yet he actually died alone. He died in the arms of a woman that had only known him for twenty four hours, which should be the nightmare of any man in their fifties. Because uh, you know, I can tell you what. You know, when you get to a certain age, and this is a this is the kind of advice that I wish young men would get more often is when you get 40 or 45 or 50, you can't be running around here trying to act like you're 25. You know, you might pop drop down from a heart attack one day and you want your wife to be in the stroke ward with you, making sure that somebody's taking care of you. There, there's a reason. And, and so so what I see is that when you see traumatized people, because black people go through a lot of trauma, you start to see women who claim that they don't need men for anything. Right. And then you start seeing men who claim that women are worthless, you know, unless they're giving them some sex or whatever. And I just really think that you have to um, get advice and information from people that are able to help you understand how to be more balanced. You know, you can still be a man. You can, ain't, ain't no woman th- going to threaten or undermine your right to be a man. If you're really a man, just be a damn man. You don't need women to be OK with every single thing you do. Just be a man. Right. And the same thing, you know, for women, I, I just really. I don't, I don't like this idea. I, I got really offended when I would watch, um, I watched this uh, show one time where it was like a relationship special on ABC. And they were like, where are all the good black men? And it was Steve Harvey and that, that lady, um, Sherry Shepard, who's absolutely terrible, who, who had a terrible divorce because she seemed like a terrible woman to be married to. Uh, she's, they, they spent the whole time talking about what's wrong with men and why black men won't do this and black men won't do that. And I was just like, this is stupid. Like, this is not, this is dumb. It's not helping anybody. It's not giving anybody any accountability. I read the details of Sherry Shepard's marriage and it just sounded like she was not a person. Like I just, from what I read, it didn't sound like that would be somebody I'd want to be with anyway. So where are you working on yourself? You know, you can talk all day about why men aren't good enough for you to be married to them, but what are you doing to make yourself somebody a man would even want to be married to? You know, and nobody has those conversations. Nobody likes accountability because accountability is hard. 
Accountability requires something that we don't need in society in order to be accepted in certain spaces. It requires discipline. People don't like discipline. People, it's just like people don't like, most people don't eat health food. They want to eat ice cream and fried chicken because it tastes good, right? But it's also going to kill you. So, so you got you to make a choice. So accountability don't taste good, but a lack of accountability will cause you to die alone. A lack of accountability will cause you to grow old, mad at the world, because don't nobody like you, because don't nobody won't be around your raggedy ass when you sit around and you blaming all your problems on the other gender. Right. So so when I look at a guy like let's go back to Andrew Tate, you know, I I get it. I see it. It's like, OK, yeah, you're a world champion boxer. That's pretty awesome. And you um you, you understand mental toughness. I get that. That's cool. Uh, but you you're you're constantly carrying around this hyper masculine superhero image that you're trying to maintain for all these little boys that don't know what a real man looks like. And that's got to be exhausting. That's got to really be exhausting because you are competitive with everything and everybody around you, which means that you're probably paranoid as shit, which means that your mental health issues are probably through the fucking Richter scale because you don't have the ability to take the time to learn the balance necessary for you to actually be a healthy, normal, decent human being. Let me just say this. This is Uncle Boyce talking. This is Uncle Boyce's perspective. Here's my belief on manhood. One belief, I have, I have a few, but one of the beliefs that I share with my son is I say, here's, here's the thing about being a man. The world isn't really going to understand you the way they should. I just don't believe that. I believe, especially if you're a black man, the world not only doesn't understand you, they want to kill you. They hate you. They just kind of, the world kind of hates you, except for the, the people that really take the time to understand you. But here's the thing. Because of what we go through as men and, and because of the challenges that we have in terms of uh, not expressing ourselves and, and just kind of holding things in and all that stuff, um, we can cause tremendous damage to ourselves and damage to other people. We self-medicate through things like alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. There's a lot of depression where you don't even know you're depressed because you don't even know how to identify the symptoms. And, uh, and then what happens is that some of these men, uh, you know, in order to try to be a man or whatever, they become assholes. They become absolute assholes. And, and what do I mean by that? Um, I talked to a lady who told me that uh, about her father and how he would get drunk and because he was stressed out, you know, with life and everything else. And he would come home and he would beat up her mother every day. And she died or he died when she was 16. He killed himself. And I said, how did how did you feel to have a father that killed himself at 16? And she you know, what she said she said I was relieved. And I said, relieved. She said, yeah, because I knew that he wasn't going to beat anybody up anymore. He wasn't going to come home drunk and, and cause chaos in the house. And I thought that was absolutely mortifying to hear somebody say, as a child, I was relieved that my father died because he was wreaking so much havoc in the house. So my rule with my son, as I said, here's the rule, I believe, as, as, a, as a man. It, you are a good man, in my view, if the people you care about are better off because you are there. If their lives are worse off because you're there, that means you've used your God-like power as a man, your ability to manifest. You use that power in a way that is harmful to others. That makes you a bad man. That makes you officially toxic in my view. If you make their lives worse, like if they look back and say, yeah, daddy was in the house, but he was a son of a bitch. Dad was in the house, but he molested everybody. Daddy's in the house, but he used to beat mama all the time and I had to go to therapy because of it. You're not a good man. You're not a good man. You know, and, and, and I, I really think that as men, I, I, I wish young men would kind of hear that um, or or, if, or people or if the kid, people are like, yeah, when I was a kid, I waited for my daddy to pick me up from school. And he never showed up because he was drunk. You know, I mean, give me a yes or no. If you've heard stories like that or if you went through stuff like that, if you've ever been in a situation where you were dependent upon a black man and he just didn't come through for you or he just made your life worse 
or he created more problems than he solved. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you've gone through this. I've gone through this. My start with my biological father. He wasn't even there for me at all. You know, and and I I just really think that in that case, what's happened is that you you've used your power and your natural authority as a man in a very bad way. You've used it, all the powers that should be used for good, you use them for evil. Instead of solving problems, you were creating problems. You became the damn problem. You became the damn problem. And, and I see guys that become the problem for their families because they get bad advice from these fake men out here that teach them that somehow being blustery and arrogant and being a piece of shit is the way to show your man who will oh, stomp on hoes. Oh, make me mad. We don't love these hoes. Right? Just whatever. Like just doing this really ridiculous stuff where you make yourself into like a cartoon character in, in, in order to be what you think is a man. You think you're a man because you're sitting around smoking and drinking all day and, and doing, you know, all kinds of ridiculous stuff with women because you just need to get your masculinity off all that. And, 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 and next thing you know, Everybody around you is, is mortified. Everybody around you is traumatized. You've ruined people around you. You blew all the money at the casino because you're trying to be a man and go out with your boys and gamble and, and drink and smoke and all. To me, I, I just really think in general that that's not that's not the kind of man I want to be. You know, when, when, when I'm at my funeral, I want the people in my life to look back and say, I don't necessarily need them to say Boyce was a good man because I'm not good all the time. Sometimes I'm good, but... If I need to not be good, I'll, I I know how to change the tune real quick. I don't need them to know that I to say that I was a good man all the time. I want them to say that I was a great man. Number one, that when I was there, you knew I was there. I had a presence about what I did, and then I want them to also say my life was better because Boyce was around. I want my girls to say, yeah, I, I was safe because Boyce was here. I want my wife to say, yeah, I was loved when Boyce was here. I was I was provided for. Uh, you know, I want people to say, yeah, I got smarter because I hung out with Boyce. I want y'all to say, yeah, listening to Dr. Boyce really made my life better, right? That to me is a measure of manhood. And I think that, you know, so to me, when you have um, selfish men and selfish women, I don't necessarily identify with that. I don't identify with selfish women who just talk about aborting a baby like it's like pulling a tooth, like they don't care. They, they don't feel like they have to tell a man anything. He has no rights when it comes to his baby. I don't, I don't, I don't identify with that. I, I understand you want to say my body, my choice and all that. But, you know, if, if that's my baby, I'd, I'd like to have some say in what happens with my, ba my baby. Um, I, I also don't like selfish men who define their masculinity solely on a bunch of criteria that you got off the fucking TV. You literally watch, you literally listen to some 50 cent songs, you know, or, or or whatever. And you got your masculinity from media. You got your masculinity the same way your granddaddy got it from watching black exploitation pimp movies and where he where, where you have some pimp who's disrespecting women and you think, oh, that's that must be what a man does. And so I think Andrew Tate, in my view, as he's he's trying so hard to be a man that he's not a he's actually not a man. He's acting a lot like a little boy. Because little boys express their manhood in very immature, ridiculous ways. Like they because they, they got they gotta be like the Superman wearing the underoos with the cape on, like I am this and I am that. That's not that's not manhood to me. So anyway, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And uh and 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 um, and by the way, uh if you haven't started investing, one other aspect of adulthood in general, not just manhood, is to invest for your future. So uh, some of you haven't started buying your, haven't bought your first share of stock yet. So if you'd like a free training on how to buy your first share of stock, just go to firstshareofstock.com. I'd like for you to invest, plant your seeds <coughs> so you can have a better future.
Um, all right, so let me see. Dave made another donation, so I'm about to put you up here again, brother. He says, I think that he was saying that responsibility for women comes with authority, especially if men are willing to die for you as a woman. <clears throat> I don't doubt that. I think I heard the way he said it, and it didn't sound diplomatic at all. It sounded like I have to be in control, right? So I think that's a very different statement from saying I'd like to have some authority. I mean, I think everybody in this room, give me a yes in the chat if you'd like to have some authority over your life or you'd like to have authority in your relationship. Give me a yes in the chat. I think men and women would say that. I think, you know, when women say my body, my choice, that's their expression of authority, which I don't, I don't, I agree with most of the time, I mean, but sometimes I'm kind of like, but that's my baby. That's not really your body. So that's, but that's my personal opinion, right? That doesn't mean we have to fight about it. It just means I'm not going to have a baby with you if I don't think that you're going to respect my rights as a father, right? So, um, so ultimately, I think authority, it's, it's one thing to say I expect to have some authority. It's another thing to say I expect to have absolute authority over everyone. And I don't really know if that's necessary um, to have a, a good relationship. I don't know if that works all the time. But it, then again, if the other person agrees to it, then who am I to say that it's wrong? I also think that Andrew Tate being banned uh, on social media is a result of liberal extremism, a lot of propaganda, uh, a lot of smear campaigns. And, uh, and I saw this happen. You, you see this flare up whenever uh, mask, any, any type of ma unpopular masculine leadership emerges, right? So so you, you can't say Andrew's approach isn't a masculine approach. I mean, he's, he's a kickboxer, world champion, for God's sake. So he's very hyper-masculine. But, you know, and, and when you see that rise, you tend to see this sort of backlash where it's kind of like people fight dirty, you know? So, for example, with Tate, from what I understand, and he mentioned this in his video, um, and he talked about, you know, being accused of criminal behavior. Uh, and uh, and he said, this is not true. I have not done these things. I don't have a criminal record. And and I and I've seen that happen. Right. I saw you saw, for example, with when, when Bill Cosby went down over a bunch of unproven accusations from white women from 40 years ago. No proof required. Doesn't mean Cosby didn't do it. It just means that the, the bar was set very, very low. You know, whereas at the same time, that white woman who killed Emmett Till, they they had sympathy for her because she was in her 80s. Well, I think that same sympathy should have been extended to a Cosby because he was also in his 80s. But they'll send a black man to prison in his 80s. But when you talk about sending a white woman to prison in her 80s, suddenly we all get empathetic or whatever. Uh, the other thing, too, is I remember when Ice Cube stood up to the Democratic Party and said, we're not going to support you unless you do something for black people. Well, then people started doing dirty tricks again on him. They, they did um, an SNL skit where they pretended like he was a MAGA supporter and he never ever was a MAGA supporter. He wasn't a Democrat or a Republican. He just said, I'm team black people. And so I saw firsthand people just lying and making things up. And that's a consistent tactic that people will use. Uh, they will just lie on you. They lied even when Kevin Samuels was alive. I saw people lying about him, making things up about his life that was that were not proven. And, uh, and I really think that that is a type of fascism, uh, if you will, that we don't discuss enough. We don't talk about when the left gets mad and they start throwing temper tantrums and they start making things up to smear somebody so they can take them off the radar because they feel like they should be the ones who are the dominant ones in the space. So they're kind of like the, the just the liberal version of an Andrew Tate. They're, they're upset because their authority is being challenged by heterosexual males who exhibit their own version of masculinity. And uh, and I think, I and that's where I get off the bus. I, I, again, that's why I say uh, as much as I didn't like 
Tate's version of masculinity. Some of the stuff he said just sounded like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think he should have been banned. I, if you don't like him, just debate him. Do a counter video. Just say, here's why I think Andrew Tate is stupid. That's fine. Let's do that. Let's have that conversation. Why in the world are you trying to exterminate all of your political enemies? You know, they, they do stuff like that in countries. They, they, they did it in Rwanda and I think Kenya after an election, they were chopping people's heads off or whatever. I mean, you know, they, they do that in other parts of the world. Bosnia, Herzegovina, they decided to just <laughs> annihilate the whole other side. I mean, you know, but but I don't think that should happen here. I, I'm not a fan of that. Um, and so 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 also, um, you know, I, 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 I'm I sitting there just looking at some of the notes. I, I saw he, he, he made a couple of other statements that, again, they sound good if you aren't if you're not thinking. But there are statements that need a little more nuance. Like I think he said something like um, you're not a millionaire if you cook or something. He said something like like it's it's bad for men to cook because that's why you're not a millionaire because you cook and it was something ridiculous like that and i listened to what he said though and he was basically saying that if you're trying to be great at something you can't spend your time on worthless activities and i and i and where, where i saw that statement coming from is the fact that going back to what i said earlier to be the best in the world at anything you got to be really extreme and i identify with that because i remember and i told my wife this i said you know, I'm trying to be a great scholar. And when I was at Syracuse University, I wanted to be the best scholar I could possibly be. I wanted to be the best in the world. So what I did was I had to really manage my time. And I said, I'm not going to spend time cooking and cleaning when I could spend that time working on my research and, and studying new topics and learning things that are going to make me better at what I do. I'll pay somebody to cook and clean while I go put my time into the things that I really need to do. And I think that's a skill that anybody should pick up if you want to be great at something, if you want to run a business or whatever, value your time. Buy somebody else's time. Let them do the little things around the house. You don't have to be the one who does every single thing because then you can't be great at the one thing that matters to you. So I think that's what he was saying, but it kind of came off kind of weird. And then I think, and then I saw another headline that said that he, he claims that men are weaker if you live with a woman. And again, this is where propaganda kicked in. They gave the headline, and I was like, "You're weaker if you live with a woman." That, okay, and uh, and and I saw what he was saying. I didn't agree with it completely because it lacked context uh, that he even he didn't provide. So the headline took away context, but he took away context because he made this simple-minded, one-dimensional statement. His statement was basically to the point that he was arguing that men who live with women have a harder time competing with other men because just living with a woman makes you softer. Right. And uh, and and I and, and here's the thing. I don't completely disagree with that. If you live in a world that is hyper competitive all the time, like if you're trying to be a world champion in basketball or kickboxing or whatever, then, yeah, if you live with a bunch of, you know, grunting cavemen who, who are thinking about fighting all the time and all they do is sit around and fight all the time. And they're just a bunch of one dimensional uh, you know, uh, one-dimensional gorillas that are constantly talk, talking about kickboxing, then yeah, you're going to be better than the guy who has to like stop kickboxing so he can go and like spend time with his wife and kids. That's that's a natural point. That makes perfect sense. But what isn't discussed there is that you can't live like that all the time. You can't live like that for the rest of your life. Uh, e eventually, I mean, maybe you live like that in your 20s because you want to be good at something. But then you get to your 30s and your 40s and other things start to matter. Like your family starts to matter. Your quality of life starts to matter. Your health starts to matter. My wife actually, uh, who is a um, you know an expert on the mind and all this other stuff, she talks about <clears throat> that competitive hyper-masculinity that you have if you're a fighter or a soldier. 
And what that does to your, I think she called it the parasympathetic nervous system. And basically she said that if you're always like that, if you're always Mr. Like on 10, adrenaline, ready to fight, ready to compete with everybody, that literally kills you. Like that literally causes you to die younger. And, uh, and so with Andrew, that came from his trauma. He's like growing up with the trauma and growing up with a hyper-masculine father who told him to fight everybody. He kind of grows up thinking that that's just the way he's supposed to be all the time. Now, I don't know how old he is. Does anybody know how old he is? Let me, let me Google it real quick. Uh, let me see. How old is Andrew Tate? He's 35 years old. So Andrew is at an age where um, at the age of 35, let me tell you what happens to men when they turn 35. I read, I read up on some of this. At 35, your testosterone levels as a man drops by 1% per year after the age of 35. Okay, that's the first thing. And so what where Andrew Tate is reaching is he's reaching this age where he's starting to go <clears throat> in a different direction in terms of uh, that hyper-masculinity thing, right? And uh, and so, so what I've seen, and it's funny because I remember when Kevin Samuel said that women over 35 are the leftovers and nobody wants you, which I think it was, I thought that was complete bullshit because I, when I was single at the age of 44, I told my friend, I said, I'm not going to date any woman, women under 35 because I want to date a grown up. You know, I, I dated a woman that was young and it was nice and it was fun. It was interesting. It had its place. It was an experience. But I never thought about marrying this woman because I don't really want to. Um, I didn't I didn't really want to be married to somebody who was watching Saturday morning cartoons when I was in college. You know, like that just felt weird to me. So I remember saying I said, you know, there are a lot of beautiful, amazing women over 35 who maybe who are going to be trying to have kids and all this other stuff uh, that that I could possibly date. And this was before I married my wife. And and here's the thing. I know a lot of other high quality, high value men, uh, you know, highly educated, plenty of money in the bank who think the same way. So when Kevin said that women over 35 are leftovers, I said, that's bullshit, man. That's just not true. Like, why would you say that? Why would you even, you know, and again, and I know when people, you know, people are, are going to get mad about saying this and I have to bring it up. I don't like bringing it up, but I have to bring it up because people aren't hearing all points of view on this. And, and, and in my view, I think that you're jeopardizing the trust that women have in you when you say something like that, because some people internalize that and they get depressed, they get sad. And, and it's crazy to me that a woman, a beautiful 39-year-old woman would think that she's a worthless leftover because she's over a certain age. That's just like when you tell men who work in McDonald's that you ain't shit because you make a minimum wage. That's literally the same damn thing. Seriously. And that's wrong. That would be wrong to say that. But the world does say that, by the way. And so the men who think it's okay to tell a woman that she's a leftover at, the, at, at 35 years old, just think about how you feel when people tell you that you ain't shit because you don't make you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, like Boyce Watkins does. You know, seriously, like, like, seriously, I got more money than you, right? So, it, it, you know, for, for a lot of these guys, I make more money than you. Does that mean that you're worthless? No, it doesn't mean that you're worthless. So stop that. Anybody who tells you that you're worthless is full of shit. You are, you have value. You just might have to add a different kind of value. Maybe there's another man that can write a bigger check than you can, but that don't mean that he's not, he can't be a great partner for a woman. So why would you, the same way you wouldn't let anybody tell you that a man who works at Burger King is a worthless partner, why would you say that a woman over 35 is a leftover? Fix that statement. You got you got to fix that damn statement. Again, when you talk about black women, and this is for anybody who's pro-black, who cares about the community. Remember, you can't care about the black community and not care about the black woman because a black woman is the tree from which we, we came. We are the fruit of a black woman. So, so, so when you talk about the black woman, I believe that you need to be careful with your words. If you talk about black men, 
be careful with your words. If you walk around here saying niggas ain't shit, I need you to explain that a little further. Maybe your niggas ain't shit. Maybe the men you picked ain't shit. But stop saying you ain't talking about me. Don't put me in that category. I'm not doing those things. Right. And so I think the same thing has to be true when you talk about women. You know, you, these generalized statements that people make are crazy to me. They, 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 they don't make any sense. You know, and, and it's really more of a reflection of your mindset and your choices than it is a reflection of the people that you're talking about. You know, it, it, it's so so anyway, do me a favor, by the way, hit the thumbs up button. And on Instagram, it looks like it's about to end because it goes out an hour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to end this on Instagram. I'm going to open it right back up so you can come right back in. So let me let me go ahead and hit that button. Uh, hit the thumbs up button while I do this real quick. I'm going to bring in our people, our friends on Instagram so we can finish this conversation. All right. So um, so we're having a conversation about the banning of Andrew Tate, by the way, if he just came in. And uh, as you all know, I, I like to dig into the weeds of stuff. I like to really try to have an honest conversation that, that where we really dig into the stuff that needs to be discussed, as opposed to these simple-minded discussions that I see online where people just kind of talk about the headlines or whatever. Um, I personally think that, uh, and again, I want to reiterate this, I don't believe that Tate should have been banned uh, from the internet uh, or from Facebook and YouTube and all that. I think that that's kind of, um, that's the part of the world that really bothers me, because I think we have this world where people just get kicked out because they what they're saying isn't popular and I think that's wrong but I think at the same time I think as men we have to really be thoughtful about the ideas that we internalize because the women that love us and respect us are looking up to us they're, they're waiting for us to come around they're waiting for us to be you know the, the, the best men that we can be and I think that if we all get together and we, we, we create like these these bitch fests online where all we do is we blame all of our problems on women I think that that undermines your presence as a man, you know, and, and so what I tend to agree with are the men who would say to those men in the so-called manosphere, they would say like, okay, if you want to be a man, just be a man. Like, don't feel like being a man means sitting around bitching about women, because at that point, you're just, you're just being the bigger bitch. That's it. You're just whining and complaining or whatever. And, uh, and so ultimately, I, I think that there, there's, you know, there's some truth to that. So, um, so, so let me, let me finish up here on Andrew Tate. Um, I will say this. I, I think that the guy is, um, he's definitely extreme. Um, I think that he, uh, he, he definitely says extreme things in order to get attention on the internet. Uh, the internet does not like people who are thoughtful and balanced. The internet likes people who are ignorant and crazy and loud. Um, I think he fits, he fits those criteria. Uh, at the same time, I think that he's a reflection. He's a manifestation of the world we live in. We live in a world where, where masculine heterosexual males, uh, tend to get shut down and banned. Uh, men are ignored heavily. Um, I think that a lot of men get sucked into the extremism that comes from whether it's an Andrew Tate or or even even when Kevin Samuels was here and rest his soul, you know they will um, they gravitate toward that and they it, it, you know because they're they're pissed they're frustrated they feel like they're not listened to they feel like they're not respected and uh, and I agree with so Dave Dave made another donation so I got to put you on the screen bro he says black women make all kinds of disrespectful comments on social media all the time about black men. If I internalize that, whose fault is that? Yeah, and 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 I like Dave's comment. Um, and let me explain why I like what he said, because you're right. There are, I mean, if you go through the internet, you can find women that will say the most ridiculous, most disrespectful things about men that you could ever say. And the biggest piece of advice I would give to any man who sees these things is to understand that you don't have to own any of that. Like her making that statement is a reflection of what she's gone through with the men in her life and her worldview. It says more about her than it does about you. If you don't fit the description, then don't confess to the crime. 
You know, if you don't fit the description, then don't get in the police lineup. If you don't fit the description, then don't get nervous when the cops drive by because you didn't, whatever man hurt her to make her say horrible things about men, you you weren't there. You didn't do those things. You know, and, and I, I, I would say that as men, I think that we can do that. I think that we can, um, you know, I think we have the right to discernment. Um, I know personally, when I would see women speaking really negatively about black men, I would kind of say to myself, I don't think I want to date a woman like that. <laughs> I want to date a woman who who admires black men, who uh, thinks that we add value, who, ha who has a generally positive opinion of black men, especially of me. And uh, and and so uh, somebody said, uh, Boyce is the same guy who said he dates a single woman of three because he loves black children. Well, I do actually love black children. If you hate black children, then you probably shouldn't even be on my platform because that means you're an asshole. Uh, but I, I, I do. I, I think that mentoring black children, the greatest thrill I've ever had in my life is the ability to uh, be a mentor and a godfather to kids. Um, I think that supporting our children is the most pro-black thing you can do. Uh, I will say also that in general, my advice to you is to not listen to people on the internet when it comes to how you shape your life. Uh, internet people, I know a lot of these internet influencers. Uh, a lot of them live terrible lives. A lot of them uh, get most of their satisfaction in life from the fact that they were successful at getting people to follow their YouTube channel. So many of them, unfortunately, are creating the false reality that you want to see and that you want to hear because they become your form of entertainment. And, and you are all that they have in many cases. They, they're they lonely, single, living in somebody's basement, uh, talking and giving relationship advice, but don't have healthy relationships. Uh, in fact, if I'm getting relationship advice from somebody, first thing I'm going to do is look and see, okay, how many times have you been divorced? Uh, who? Let me see your spouse. Are you? Is your spouse sitting there smiling next to you? Or are you complaining about the raggedy bitch you just had to dump, but yet you telling me what kind of how to how to find a good woman? Apparently, you don't even know how to find a good woman, especially, uh, you know, if 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 your relationships are not showing the kind of quality interaction that you claim that I can obtain. Uh, people are best at showing you how to be whatever they are. So, uh, you know, so whether you're talking about somebody who's teaching you how to make money, if they don't have any money, then they can only teach you how to be broke. Or if somebody, or if a woman's giving advice to other women about how to deal with men and men hate that women, men don't want to be around that woman, then that she's turning you into a demon spawn just like she is. You know, seriously, I can't, I can't tell you how many times there was a lady who used to write um, for, I think it was The Root, and she used to give advice on relationships. And I knew this lady personally. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I was a completely single. She was a very pretty lady. I remember thinking, I would never date this woman. And it's crazy to me that she's given all this relationship advice because she's making other women as toxic as she is. You know, and she would just write, well, if a man does this, you shouldn't put up with that. And if a man does that, you shouldn't put up with this and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, you're really teaching women how to be lonely and single. That's exactly what you're teaching them how to do. So so I would, so if I'm looking, so when I was looking for advice on how to be married, I went to marry people who've been married 30, 40 years. And I said, so what do you do? What's the secret to staying married that long? And most of the time, the advice I would get from people who've been married 30, 40 years is completely different from the shit you hear on the internet from people who ain't never walked down the aisle with nobody. I can tell you this. If you're trying to get married, go talk to somebody who's an OG at this marriage game. And what you're going to find for sure is you're going to find a whole lot of humility 
that is completely contradictory to all the blustery chest thumping that you see on the internet from independent women who don't need no man to men talking all kinds of crazy stuff about women. Those people are the ones who are not happy. They drink themselves to death. They die alone. They, 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 they croak in, in a hooker's bed at the age of 50, 55, or they end up uh, miserable and single and crying themselves to sleep every night, but they can't tell anybody how miserable they are because they're trying to save face. That's the thing you don't understand is that a lot of people, a lot of these people are very unhappy and they will never tell you because they're trying to save face. I, I'll give you one example and then I'm going to be done. Um, is this your lane now? No. They, well, this is always my lane. My lane is black people. My lane is life. My lane is um, sharing things that involve investment. Investment means not just your money, but investing the things that are more valuable than money, like your love, your time, your energy, all these things. So yeah, I'm always talking about investing in wealth, even if I'm not talking about money. In fact, when I'm talking about money, that's actually 1% of the wealth that exists in your life. When I'm talking about real wealth, I'm talking about the things that money cannot buy, uh, the, the things like your happiness. I'm talking about things like your peace. I'm talking about things like your health, your sight, your mental and physical health, all these things. Those are things that are more important than money any day of the week. Money is not the be all end all. I know a lot of people that have a lot of money and a lot of those people are miserable. A lot of those people are not liberated. They are absolute slaves because they thought money was the destination when money was never the destination. Money is never the destination. Money is the tool. It is the vehicle to help you get to the real destination. The real destination is living the best life that you can live. It's pursuing the purpose that God put you on this planet for. It's finding happiness. It's being content. It's waking up in the morning and loving your life. And so, so that's what money did for me. I, I got money in the bank. I know how to make money. I'm an expert on money. I have a doctorate in money. So you don't think I know how to make money? I know how to make money. But the money, I don't care about the money. I wanted to, I made enough money that now I don't have to think about money. Now I can think about being a good father. I can think about being a good husband. I can think about being a happy human being. I can think about doing the things that I'm supposed to do in my life. That's what money allowed me to do. So, so just understand that that that's you know this is you got to play checkers in this game. You cannot play. You must assume you got to play chess in this game, not checkers. If you're playing checkers, you're gonna lose. So ultimately, what I what I would say, you know, toward just at the end of the day, is that a lot of this advice on the internet is wrong. Um, I know a lot of these people that are internet influencers. I created internet influencers. I put people out there that became really famous and all that. And I saw the shit behind the scenes. And I remember thinking, God, if people saw what I see, they would know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think at the end of the day, when I talk to my children about what really matters in your life, I say, you know what? I don't really think anybody out there, especially people who don't know you or people who are trying to maintain a platform are the people that can really teach you how to really be happy. I think you have to take advice from a lot of different sources, pull it together, obtain knowledge of self, and then come up with your own special formula that works for you. And you got to have enough confidence to believe in that. Right. And not everybody's going to get it, but you'll get it. And that's all that matters. OK, so find your happiness, find your peace. That's where the true wealth is. Money is just a vehicle to obtain that. Okay, guys. All right. So anyway, that's it. I'm, I'm done talking. And uh, and so uh, so again, to summarize, I don't think Andrew Tate should have been banned from the internet. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but at the same time, I, I listened to what he had to say. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why he's famous. He's famous because he just says a bunch of stuff that really isn't true. And what's going to be interesting for him is he's going to go through some uh, some revelations in his own life. You know, now that he's 35, again, when your testosterone drops one percent per year and he starts being forced to identify a more complex version of manhood than the one that he spent, you know, his first 35 years on this earth learning. 
he's going to he's going to deal with some tough realities, you know. Right. So so a lot of times you have these tough guys like the Arnold Schwarzenegger types or whatever. They start getting older and they start realizing that the equation shifts when you get older. The happiness equation shifts. Uh, the your, your health starts to shift. Your body you know, isn't doing the things that it used to do. You're, you're, you're 40, 42, 43 years old now. You can't run around like you did when you were 25, 26. So you have to adjust to that. And some men can't adjust to that. That's why you have sometimes you have a guy that's 55 years old taking human growth hormone, uh, you know, in steroids in, in the gym because he's, he's so afraid of losing his youth or he's going out to the club trying to chase 25 year olds. And he looks ridiculous because he's the old man in the club. And because he does it because his youth is all that he knows. It's almost like when you see a woman, you ever see a woman where all she has is her beauty. And I mean, there's nothing sadder than to see a woman who identified herself solely based on how pretty she was and watching that woman get older and having to deal with the fact that she's going to have to become a multidimensional creature in order to still be seen as an appealing or an attractive woman. When she was younger, she got away with just being the prettiest girl in the room, but now she's 40 and she's competing with 27-year-olds who are much prettier than her, and she, she's she's confronting that. And so she's packing on all the makeup, getting the Botox and the surgery and, and all these other things, and, and, and ends up looking kind of crazy because she's trying to become something that she can't really be anymore, right? When really, I think the best solution would be to have accepted who she's becoming and and take on a new role, right? Uh, in fact, there was um, one actress in LA, I forgot her name, but she was in a real famous movie in the 80s and she was really pretty in the 80s. And because she could not accept the fact that she was getting older, she rejected all the Hollywood roles that were offered to her for older women. She never would, she would never, she refused to play anybody's mother uh, if the child was like an adult. She refused to play a grandmother for sure. So she was in her 50s refusing to even play like the role of a mother of an adult child, right? And, and that's kind of a weird, almost like a Peter Panish kind of mindset, right? So, so I wonder what's going to happen with Andrew Tate as he gets older. Like I'd love to see Tate at the age of 50 and to see if he's still trying to hold on to this hyper-masculine position as a 50-year-old that he had as a 35-year-old. But so anyway, that's my two cents. I'm, I don't want to get too deep on you guys, but I'm telling you, life, life is fascinating and complicated. And I encourage you to take in as much information as you can so you can know how to properly deal with each stage of life. Because one day, you know, I don't care if you're 25 years old now, one day you won't be the 25-year-old. You'll be the 35-year-old or the 40-year-old. And you're going to have to keep adjusting. If you don't adjust, then life will bite you in the ass and you're going to end up looking silly. That's my two cents. That's what I believe. That's what I've seen. So anyway, guys, have a good day. Thank you for listening. Uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out. And uh, just a reminder, you can go to boycewalkins.com to learn about the All Black National Convention. That's going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, October 28th through the 30th. And I want to warn you again, I see the fake Boyce Watkins is in the chat asking people to inbox him. So if you see the fake Boyce Watkins or see any fake profiles, please report those profiles and uh, and block them, of course, and all these other things. And, and so it's not me reaching out to you directly. Uh, also, last but not least, uh, if you go to boycewalkins.com, you can get access to the $5 a day investing plan. Uh, or actually, you can just go to firstsharestock.com as well if you want to learn how to buy your first share of stock. I want everybody to invest, 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 invest. If you want to win when you're older, invest while you're young. That's how you get on top. All right, guys, have a good day. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll see you soon. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees. 
Triple ten. Three PhDs now we on the CNN. DBTV. Let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.